I've been talking about hearing God. And I started last week because unlike, you know, when we uh, talk about big concepts or whatever, we can um, really sort of just preach them. This is more teaching. And the reason it's teaching and we're going through it slowly is because this is a core fundamental thing to every believer's life. One of the biggest holes that we have within the body of Christ is the ability of individual believers to hear Christ for themselves. And, and when we have that, that hole, what we do is we divorce things onto the church hearing God for us. And the church can sort it all out. The church can organize it. The church can do the program. The church can do the ministry. And that's okay. But that's not how Jesus intended it. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So being sheep, we should be hearing voice. And that, that's the normal way. And Jesus said, when he was ministering, he said, I only do the things I see the Father do. And I only say the things I hear the Father say. And then he gave us the commission that we would do the same things as he has done. That means that we, if we're to minister effectively, if we're to, to reach this world outside the church, we need to hear God's voice so we know what to do. But equally, when we're going through things ourselves, if we're going through uh, relationship issues or career issues or life change issues or what, whatever comes along, we also need to be he able to hear God's voice so we know what to do in particular situations. The Bible gives us a framework and principles on which we base our life, but it doesn't tell us things specifically around what what are, what, how, which choices to take. Obviously, it tells us not to take the bad, naughty choices and to do the good, healthy choices. But life isn't always a, a, a mixture. You can have a series of good choices or you can have a series of difficult situations. And we need to know what to do in each of those. So we need to hear God's voice. And the only way that we get to hear God's voice is practising. You know, it's not like, I, I can't just lay hands on you this morning and then you'll be able to hear God's voice. You've got to practice it. Because you, as I was saying last week, what we've got to do is tune ourselves in. It's like a, a, a radio signal that's on broadcast all the time. But unless you, I know you don't do this, we don't do this anymore with dab radio and all that, but you used to twiddle a dial, didn't you? And it used to Radio Luxembourg, and, and you get there. So it's like we have to actually attune ourselves to the voice of God. And as I was saying at the end of last week, the, the issue that we have in our lives is that there's so much white noise now. There's so much going on around <laughs> us. There's so much being directed at us all the time that it's hard to hear God's voice, harder than it used to be. And so therefore, we have to make a, a particular heart decision that we're going to set ourselves to hear it and and the way we do that is we set aside time we actually take time where we still our mind and you know let all the noise subside cut out all the stuff cut out the texts coming in and the phone calls going off and all the rest of it and just take time to hear God and that's where we got to last week yeah okay so 
I'm just going to carry on, really, because what I want to talk about today is how does God speak? Because it's okay saying we should hear God speak, but m- many of us actually don't know how God speaks. And therefore, what we're doing is we end up waiting for something that never happens. Meanwhile, God's talking away all the time and we're not hearing what he's saying because it's not always in the way we expect him to speak. Like, if, if I asked you, how does Mark speak? That's easy for you. It's like this, isn't it? God doesn't speak like this very often. If, you know, most times, in fact, almost exclusively, God doesn't speak audibly. There are occasions where he does, but generally he doesn't. And so we have to learn how we can hear his voice. Now, what's really important here is we have to learn how to hear his voice and discern it from what is the enemy's voice. Because there are two voices all all the time speaking. One's good, one's bad, and we need to learn to discern. So I want to talk you through that and try and train you up a little bit this morning. Okay? The way God speaks is, I I want you to to think of it like this. I I, I was trying to think of a word that I could use to explain how we recognize God's voice. And, And the The word that kept coming up to me is God speaks subtly. Subtly. I don't know if that translates from northern to to southern English, but subtle. S-U-B-T-L-E, I think. Yeah. Just to get my spelling bee going, you know. Um, Now, there's there's lots of ways this happens, and, and we can hear God's voice in different ways at different times. And different people hear God's voice differently from others. So there's no one exclusive way. Now, it, let, me, let me start with a, an idea or an example. How many of you have done something in your life and you look back and you think, I shouldn't have done that? Okay? Now, how many of you look back and when you thought, I shouldn't have done that, also thought, And I really knew at the time I shouldn't have done it. That's what we call having a check. Have you heard that phrase, having a check? And and that's God speaking to us. That's the Holy Spirit putting a check in our spirit, going, that's not what you should be doing. That's not where you should be going. And that's what I mean by this idea of being subtle. We need to learn to respond to those, those senses that we have about situations. Um, we, a number of years ago, we uh, had this idea that we would run like a, a three-month internship. Some of you might remember it. And we, we brought some people over from America. Or in fact, we, we tried to bring some people over from America, and the people who were going to run the internship um, actually didn't get their passports and visas sorted out so they didn't come and we had somebody else doing it and the whole thing was it was it was awful it was just like your worst nightmare for three months trying to maintain this thing and here's the thing I knew at the start that we shouldn't have done it but what happened was that that some other uh, members of faith life thought well you know, we can't let people down or we can't do this or it'll upset this and it'll upset this person, it'll upset that person. But actually, I knew I had this check in my spirit that we shouldn't do it. And actually, working out the implications of that 
it was just like a, a running sore for months. It was just like, you just don't want to go there. And, and yet, what, what, what we learned from that, and we learned it, this is a, as an elders team, and, and we learned it in, in some of the decisions we've taken since then, is that we have to trust when one of us feels that we shouldn't be doing something. Um, and, and, and respond to that sort of check. So now, for, for me personally, I've resolved that if I don't feel actually good about something, I'm not going to do it. That doesn't mean that I've, I've totally dismissed it. What, what I mean by that is I'm not going to do something until I feel at peace with it. So feeling at peace with something is the opposite to having a check about it. So if I can't get to a point of peace on something, I'm not going to go ahead. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's bad. In fact, it could be very good. It could be a great idea, and it could be something that we should do. But unless we've got a piece about it, we're not going to do it. And that's, that's kind of one of the, the major ways that God guides us in our decisions, in our, in our thinking. And so can you see what I mean by subtle? You've not heard a voice. You've not, you know, no, nothing's been spoken to you. There, there's no, like, flashing neon signs in front of your eyes. There's no, like, even whatever. You've, what you've got is you've got an internal feeling. And it might seem um, that that's, what's the word, not very objective. Yeah? It's not very objective. And that, that gives you a, you a problem if you're kind of a scientific, mathematical, logical sort of person. And... That's one of the, the usual things whenever we operate in any gift of the Spirit or anything that involves the Holy Spirit. People say, well, that's not very objective. Well, it's not very objective. And here's what I've found. That the people who object and say, well, that's not very objective, they are the very sort of people that could do with a bit of subjectivity in their lives. They could just do with a bit of livening up and thinking, well, let's just have a go. Let's, let's, let's step out. Let's, let's enjoy the journey. Let's hear, learn to hear God's voice. Let's see when we get it right. Let's see when we get it wrong. Let's learn from it. And let's have a bit of enjoyment and responding to God's voice. Let, let's grow up as his kids. Yeah? And, and so, yes, it is subjective, but it is also something that is absolutely necessary. It's, I guess, what's that phrase? It's, a, it's, a, it's an art and not a science. And, it, and it's learning to respond to those smaller promptings. So y y you're still with me? Yeah? yeah? So here's the second thing when I talked about you being subtle. God, and you might want to write this down because you might want to remember this really because it's quite important. And it's the major reason that I believe most people don't hear God's voice or dismiss it. I think actually what happens more often is we dismiss it as not God when actually it is, then, then we don't hear at all. And the reason is that God, how can I put it simply, God generally does not speak to us in the third person. God generally does not speak to us in the third person. And there's a reason for that, which is God's spirit is one with our spirit, and he's speaking to us spirit to spirit, not voice to voice, generally. And, and, and when he speaks to us in our spirit, our spirit receives the understanding. It receives the, 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 the sense of what God is saying, 
And, you know, even in Scripture, it was really rare for God to speak with an audible voice. You know, he had lots of thunders and lightnings and flashings and temple shakings and all that, but he, he didn't actually very often speak with an audible voice. Let me, let me just try and flesh out this idea that God doesn't speak in the third person. That's why we miss a lot of it. Uh, John 4.24 says this, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So God's spirit, and we're meant to respond to God's spirit from our spirit, to, to engage at the spirit level. Every born-again believer can do this because we all have born-again spirits that, were one with, that are one with the spirit of Christ. Yeah, and I, I, I could go into that in detail, but we haven't got time this morning because I just taught, I preached a whole series about Christ in you and what that all means. So I'm not going to go into that this morning. If you're like kind of new this morning or you missed all, you missed that last series, um, just go and have a listen to it. It's called Faith Builders and it's all about the power of Christ in you. And it'll give you an understanding of what I'm saying. But just for the moment, what I'm saying is that your spirit is one with Christ's spirit and you communi God communicates with you to your spirit. That's the first thing that happens. So... We are kind of used to communication taking place visually and audibly. So we have to switch or, or get a grasp that God's communication is much more subtle and indirect than that. And, and every, you know, the natural reaction, because the first time somebody was explaining this to me, I got like, how, how can you ever know? How can you ever know? Well, just trust me that actually... You are designed to tune in. You, you, you can hear this, you can hear God's voice, and you can hear God's voice really accurately. What it takes is a bit of practice, and you go, well, how do I do that then? How do I do that? Well, yeah, have a go. Here's the thing. You didn't learn to speak English overnight. In fact, for probably the first 10 to 12 months of your life, you never said a word. And somewhere in that 10 to 12 months, you started to understand a few words, and then you started to make a few sounds. And by the time you, you're kind of like two, you, like you can't shut them up. <laughs> and we've been like that ever since. You know, but it took us a long time to learn how to speak. And so there is a time and an investment involved in learning to hear God's voice. But it is absolutely vital and absolutely necessary that if we are to walk in the power of God, walk in faith, understand the, the, the spiritual environment around us and see the kingdom come to pass in our individual lives, we have to hear God. One of the, the things that we, we do as believers, and I touched on this last week, is we, we run our lives from our flesh and we run our lives from what we hear, all the wisdom out there. And it's not as simple as saying, well, I just need to hear God's voice. Because what I said last week is until you are resolved in your heart, 
you are not going to get along without hearing God's voice, you won't hear God's voice. Because it requires you to tune out of all the other stuff and tune into God. And so we, we do that. Um, and most people, when they're learning, they expect God to speak in a sort of second person voice, like, you go do this, Roger. Olive, you do that. Who can we pick on? Dennis, we'll keep, we're, we're, he's making notes, so we'll, we'll pick on Dennis. Dennis, just that point, you need to note it down. Yeah, so, <laughs> excellent, excellent. See, De Dennis already responding to God's voice. So, that's how we, we think that God's going to speak to us, that, that he's going to give us, like, commands. Um, generally, not always, but if that's what you're hearing, that's unlikely to be God. And the reason I say that is that God doesn't speak in first person except when it's audible. And the audible's very different. He's just, so we, we got really clear on this. God is speaking to his spirit to spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says this. He who is joined to the Lord, that's a believer, is one spirit within him, with him. That means God's spirit and our spirit are completely indivisible. It's like a, a spirit to spirit connection that, that, that's been set up. It's like we've been plugged into heaven. Like You might not be able to appreciate that, but if you were around all these wires like I am, you'd see what, one end gets plugged into a speaker and one end gets plugged in over there. And, and it's like that. We, we've got a direct connection to heaven. We're plugged in. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 also says this, you have the mind of Christ. Now, just have a, have a think about what that means. You have the mind of Christ. I don't, I don't know if, if that grasps you or it's just something you, you've looked over. Or generally, when I, you know, the first few times I read that, I couldn't get my head around it. It's kind of like, how can I have the mind of Christ? Like, how, how does that work then? Like, is, have, have I had brain surgery? What, what is it? No, what it's saying is that because your spirit is one spirit with God, you can hear the voice of God. You can think like God thinks, and you can understand the things that God's communicating to you. You've got... If you, when we get a hold of this, we will start to realise we have perceptions and understandings about situations and solutions to problems that nobody in the world can get to. There's a power of the kingdom that we are not unleashing because we don't understand there is an access point to the mind of Christ and he's got solutions, he's got inventions, he's got ideas, he's got business plans, he's got... Uh, He's got essays, he's got theses, he's got dissertations coming out of his ears. And we've got access to them. And yet we like slave away, work away and chug away without using that access that God, to God's wisdom and God's understanding. And, and asking him for that, that creativity that is him. Look, like, you know, if I, if I was a, an artist or a musician or whatever, I wouldn't bother trying to think of anything myself. Well, why would you bother trying to create anything when the creator of the universe is freely willing to tell you it all and download it? It'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Hey, David, you could have like new dances coming out left, right and centre. 
Yeah. Are you just bothered about getting some sleep at the moment, are you? <laughs> Easy sleep, is it? Yeah. Now, when God speaks to our spirit, he doesn't speak in words. What there is, is there's a transfer of knowledge or understanding. It comes like a package. And how, how does that happen? You, it's like you just know things you didn't know. It feels like a disturbance. Like a disturbance inside. It's kind of like, oh, I never thought that. How, where did that come from? Where did that idea come from? Where did that concept come from? Sometimes it happens to me when, I, when I'm preaching. Uh, you've probably seen it happen. I'll come out with a phrase and I'll stop and think, oh my goodness, that was good. That wasn't in my notes. And it's God. But it doesn't, it, like, it's not like I hear every single word. What I get is just the whole package. And, it, and, it's, and I know it's happening because my, inside I feel differently. What you have is you have a knowing in your knower. You have a supernatural certainty about something that you cannot initially explain. You will be able to explain it, but initially you can't explain where did that come from and why do I feel so certain about that? And what, that, what then happens is you've got a processor and your processor is called your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and emotions. Now, that sense, that certainty, that knowing in your knower now needs to get processed through your understanding. So then it goes to your mind. And it's almost like you've got your spirit saying to, to your mind, I think God wants us to do this. What do you reckon? Let's test that out now. Let's, let's test that out. And it's really important that we do test what we think we've heard. Really, really important. Because what you don't want to be responding to is just good ideas you've had yourself that throw you way off track. You want to be really testing out, is this God? And you'll already be some of the way there because you'll have this knowing in your knower. But we want to be certain that it's not that our flesh is giving us our, that knowing in our knower as opposed to God. Um. Now, here's why God doesn't speak to us in the third thing. And this is why most of us struggle to hear God's voice because we don't realize this. When you hear God's voice, when it's going from spirit to mind and understanding, you don't hear that in the third person. Nor do you hear it in a different voice. You hear it in your head voice because it's your spirit speaking to your mind. And most people are waiting to hear a different voice when it's actually they'll hear God's voice in their voice. And this is massive. This is why so many people struggle to hear God's voice because they're expecting to hear a different voice. You know, when you think in your head and you're not saying anything out your mouth, and, and you just, you've got a voice in your head, haven't you? When you hear God's uh, voice and God's thought, it will still be in that voice in your head. 
So you, what you've got is you've got this knowing in your knower. You've got a voice that, that is connecting that, going, I think God just said that to me. That thought, I think God just said that to me, is in your voice. And you've now repeated what you think God just said to you in your voice. There isn't a different voice. So how, do you, how can you tell? The point is, you, you hear it as your thoughts, but it comes with like a, a heightened certainty and excitement. But also, what generally it does is it comes contrary to what you were thinking. It comes from left field. Because God's, trying, God's communicating something you weren't getting to by yourself. So it's not going to follow a natural train of thought you were following. It's almost like it interrupts natural trains of thought. Or if you've asked God a question and you're trying to listen for the answer, it will come as an answer you haven't thought about. Because otherwise, why would you be asking? Or it'll, be, it'll come with this absolute certainty that one of your possible solutions is the right one. And you won't know how you've got there. Girls, you will be a lot better than us boys at this because you apparently have this woman's intuition that we are totally devoid of. So you can make these leaps a bit uh, easier, apparently. Apparently, scientists have looked at this. You, you have this ability to make leaps that, that us men take longer with. Um, but you, you, you're able to discern things and see things that... You, you were, it's almost like that wasn't your thought, train of thought. That wasn't your thought pattern. That's not what you were thinking. And, you know, sometimes I've gone, I've asked God, which of these things do you want me to do? And he'll tell me and I'm going, I don't like that one. Because <laughs> it, it, it feels like that. It, it's, it's, you know it's not you. Now, because it's this communion on a spirit-to-spirit basis that gets interpreted uh, through our understanding and through our mind. And because our mind isn't perfect, it's not a perfect programmer because it, you've got flesh involved there. We need, to, uh, we need to check everything out that we're thinking we're hearing by the word of God. Um, you can't just go on perceptions. Um, I've seen so many people shipwreck themselves just by going what, on a good idea that was actually their flesh because they were struggling with a particular situation or problem. And the answer is, God always wants me to be somewhere else. I'll get away from this problem. It must be God. I just feel that's the right thing, and I'll go. And, and a lot of people react to things like that. But they haven't really checked it out and, and given themselves time to understand, was that me, discern whose voice it was? And they haven't checked it out with the word. Um. You see, you can't just check out your perception. If God says, you know, marry that person, and, you know, if, if you think God's saying in your head, marry that person, and they're already married, you're not hearing God. You, you kind of can learn certain things. You can learn what God's voice sounds like by going, well, I heard that, but I've checked it out with the word, and that can't have been God. If, if God's... You know, if you, if you think in your head that, that God is telling you to be disaffected, complaining, critical, negative, um, judgmental, judging other people's actions, then that's not God. Because that's 
totally contrary to how God tells us as New Covenant believers to, to be. He says, encourage one another, edify one another, love one another, carry each other's burdens, watch out for one another, care for one another. Don't, don't judge. That's my job. Don't be negative. Be positive because I'm a positive God. And, and so we can check out these things and go, that clearly isn't God. Now, that might be a bit disheartening at first when you discover you think you've heard something and then you conclude it wasn't God, but it's really helpful because now you know what it felt like to get that word or that sense. And you know that when you feel like that, that's not God. And so you start to learn, not just by the positives, but by the ones where you learn by checking out that it's not God. Are you still with me? Good. Okay. So, how many of you, how long have I got? I've got about five minutes. I'll go another five minutes. Maybe more. <laughs> I'd just like to point out, I'm not the one that took the time this morning. I'd just like to say that. I'm still, I'm still short. <laughs> yeah, so, how many of you heard this phrase, the still small voice of God? Okay. So, God, that, you know, you know, most of you know where that comes from. I'm not in the thunderings. I'm not in the lightnings. I'm not in the wind. It's a still small voice. Um, what he's saying there is he's chosen to reveal himself commonly by the quiet prompting of our heart. So there's three voices, three ways you hear God. Three, three voices if you're going to hear something that is actually a voice of God as opposed to, you know, the check and the peace. That's another way God speaks. But I'm not talking about that at the moment. Here's what I'm talking about. Three voices. So the first one is what is an internal impression. That is, you're not hearing a thought process. You're not hearing sentences. You're not hearing instructions. What you've got is a knowing, a deep knowing, a deep, like, this is what I need to do. This is so strong within me, I cannot uh, do otherwise. If I, if I don't follow through on this, I know I'll be disobedient. And, you know, what, I'll give you a more practical approach to it, because we, Shovel and I, well, I did, I did this, it was mainly me, because Shovel didn't want to know, basically. She trusts me. But, when we were looking at, over the last couple of years that I was at Deloitte, what we were, uh, you know, at that time I had a, a really good income. And we were looking at how the, the best way was to, uh, A, get rid of debt, and B, build up some investments uh, so that we would manage to step out of Deloitte and uh, minister. And so one of the, one of the things that, that I would do, because Shovel trusted me on this, she signed the bits of paper at the bottom, um, is I would look, I would research investments and I'd put them out in front of me and I'd go, God, what, where are we going to go? And, and, I'd, it, and this, this happened, I, I wouldn't say all the time, but two or three times, I'd, I'd have worked out that the one that we should go for is this one because it's got all the right indicators. The guy's doing great, really good investment manager, etc., etc. And got to go, no, that one. And I go, no, it's that one. I've, I've looked at my charts, it's that one. And he's gone, no, it's that one. 
And I had this really strong impression. And obviously, I tested it out with like small amounts of money at first. But um, there was one particular fund that I really felt, it, it, it was kind of one of those where we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know anything about this manager. Don't invest in it if you read the magazines. And now I'd met this guy's dad. He, he was his dad was actually a client of mine. And so I was looking at his fund, and I really felt this is like, you should do this. And so we, we put some money in it, and, and I actually met the guy who was the fund manager as well. And I talked to him. He, he lives up north, so that's a good sign. Must, must be very godly. It's from Bolton. Yeah, very godly man. It sort of declines towards Wolverhampton. <laughs> so he's very godly um, up there. But here's what I, I got. I felt I should invest in that. So we put some money in it, and now we look back, and it's, I guess, about 14 years later, and we've had income from that, but it's also worth seven times the amount of money we put in because it's completely outperformed. Now, I would not have invested in that if I hadn't been listening to God. And I can say that in multiple times. Now, you can go, well, okay, yeah, Mark understands all that finance stuff. But my, where I would have done it on the logical basis is different from actually how it turned out. Is, so that's, that's, can you see what I mean by internal impression? It's like, I just have to do that one. I, I can't get away from this feeling that it's that one I should do. And that was completely contrary to what I'd worked out mentally. So that's the first one, internal impression. There's three, so you can tell how I'm doing on timing. Second one is this, internal voice. That's the one I've been describing mainly this morning. It's where you hear God speak, but through your voice in your head. And some of you have heard me tell this story before, and um, it, this goes back to when I was first learning about the things of the Spirit. And I, I'd, I'd started to understand that I could hear God's voice. And uh, I was at university at the time, and I was walking down the center of the university, and I, and I felt, you know, just this, this thought, a really clear thought came in my head, go and stand there and wait. So there's no audible, it's in my voice, so that, you know, I'm, it's almost like me saying to myself, go and stand there and wait. And, and where I was being instructed to wait was at the bottom of uh, a tower block. In the I went to university in Lancaster, and it's sent the, in the centre it has this big tower, you can see it from the M6 motorway, called Boland Tower. It's a big block of flats, accommodation. And, and so I went and stood there, and I, I was stood there for like 15, 20 minutes, and it's gone, I'm thinking like, whoa, what, the, what am I here for? And, and so you, you check it out, God, what am I doing? I told you to stand there, again in my voice. Okay, so this, I'm, I'm feeling like a complete idiot, and it wasn't made any better by this girl on my course coming, coming along, walking up to me and saying, what are you doing stood here? <laughs> and, and so I did, I, I bluffed my way around it. I didn't actually tell her what was happening, and, and she went away. And I, and I was there in another five minutes, ten minutes, I can't remember how long it was, and I'm just thinking, God, I just feel like complete part. Have I misheard you? And, and I got no answer at that point. So that's not helpful, is it? And then this girl came back, the one that had 
come along before. And, and she saw me the second time, and she said, and she, she, she kind of like, why are you still here? And then completely crumpled and burst into tears. And it turned out that she'd split up with her fiancé the night before, and she wanted to get to the top of the tower block to throw herself off, and the only thing stopping her was the fact that I was at the bottom of the stairs. So that's how an internal voice works. And you see, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to you every minute, but that's, that's the level we should be walking at as believers. And, and somebody, you know, stupidly, I believed them for a long time, told me that when I was seeing all these healings, when I first heard about baptism and the Spirit and, and things of the Spirit, and when I was hearing God's voice really clearly like this, they told me that wasn't God because he didn't do anything like that anymore. And it took me, and, and because it's somebody I respected, I thought, well, they must know and I don't. And it took me years to get back to thinking, actually, I'm confident in this. And so I don't want you to make that mistake. So just say with me, that is God. That is God. That's what he does. Because he cares about us. Oh, I'll finish the following on bit. <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Here's, here's the third one. God occasionally, but extremely rarely, will speak through an external audible voice. This has happened to me three times in my entire life. This does not sound like my voice. If this happens to you, you will know it's God. I don't have to explain to you. I, you you'll just know. Because it's a voice like you haven't heard before. It's the voice, the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. Really, really rare. It's not God's normal way of speaking to us. And, you know, we, we can go, well, why doesn't he speak to us like that? Because it'd be all so much easier. Well, it wouldn't require any faith. And faith is what pleases God. And faith, and you see, God wants an intimate relationship with us, not a command and dictate relationship with us. And because of that, he's chosen these methods of communication. And that's why this element is really rare. I, 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 could, I could give you an example that happened three or four years ago, but I'll give you the, the first example this time it ever happened to me. Um, I'd just become, I guess, six, seven months earlier, I'd just reached the pinnacle of my career, became a partner in a in big accountancy firm, you know, thing that, the thing I'd worked for all my career, doing really well, uh, you know, enjoying life. Uh, I think we, we had, Jesse could be about two at the time. And we went to this... Um, Christian meeting, uh, some of you have probably been to it, called Spring Harvest. At this time, we, we kind of really hardened evangelical, so we went to the Spring Harvest, not light, but the overload week. We went to something called Spring Harvest Word Alive, because you, you get like the normal word, but then it's much longer, and much more confusing, and uses a lot of long words. But we, we were in this, this, this thing, and and so we, we went along, and basically we were, we were sat in this tent, you know, the big tent at, 
at Skegness. And this guy was speaking, he was I know what he's talking about. He's talking about Isaiah 65 and the new heaven and the new earth. It was quite, quite exciting when he got going. And, and he's talking at her. And, and I heard this big shout, some, this voice shout out, you are cold. And just like I've just done it then, except it wasn't my voice this time. And I thought that was really rude interrupting the speaker. <laughs> and I looked around and nobody else is looking around. And I'm going, that's weird. And then I realised nobody had heard this voice apart from me. Now, if you've just got on with your career and you hear this audible voice saying you are cold, what do you do with it? <laughs> Here's what I did with it. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, put the date and time in, hid it in the back of my Bible and hoped it never came up again. <laughs> That's how you, you, that's how God's voice, you won't mistake it. So I don't need to, you, you don't need to practice that one or anything. Um, what actually happened, and, and God will, God's good and he's gracious and, he, and he, he works with us in this, is he, somebody that we were gossiping harvest with, who wasn't, uh, um, they lived in another part of the country, he was a, a vicar. He came over to see us that night, uh, but I'd gone to a seminar. Um, it, I know it was 94 because it was the seminar was about the whole Toronto blessing thing and should, should we engage or not? And this is Word Alive Week, so it was interesting. Um, so we, I went along there and then came home and then it was pack up and go home next morning, so we did. And he'd come across to... to you know, visited our um, little chalet. Um, but anyway, so he's, we, we went home and the next day he rang. He said, I wanted to talk to you last night, but you were at the seminar. So he, he'd got home to London and we got home to Preston. And I said, okay, what, what, what do you want to talk about? He said, well, what I came around to say is that, you know, my wife and I, we've been praying and I know we've always talked to you about accountancy and always seen you like that and always told you that that's, that's what God wanted you to do. But just in the last few weeks, we've really felt that God's telling us that we have to tell you that you're called into ministry. And, and we don't know why he's saying that because we don't agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> but but we, we really believe God's saying you're called into ministry. And so I did the really brave thing then and, and said, well, you can tell Cheryl that. <laughs> Here she is, I'll give her the phone <laughs> and you can tell Cheryl. So they're explaining all this to Cheryl. And in the meantime, I go and get this slip of paper out of the back of my Bible and said, um, here, that's what God said to me. I said, explain to her what had happened. She goes, I never heard that voice. You see, God speaks in these ways. That's the really rare way. That's, that sounds spectacular. It's the more exciting, but the more normal way and the more and the regular way is the first two. And they're the ones we're trying to acclimatize to. Yeah? Now, here's what I want you to do, because I I finished for this morning. So I want you to do a little exercise again. Because this isn't like normal preaching. I'm not going to do a like prayer line lay hands on. Although when you finish doing this, or if you need prayer for healing or anything else, then go to the healing ministry uh, banner. Um, and when you finish this. You can go over to the table, get your coffees, get your teas, you're done. But I want you to have a, just a little time out with God 
And I want you to write down the ways you think God's been speaking to you out of those three. And what your certainties are around it and what you still need God to show you. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Just have a think and go, when, when that happened, did I, did I hear it or did I miss it? Did I respond? Because some of us are going, oh, blimey, I've been hearing God for like the last six weeks or the last six years or the last 60 years, and I realise now I, I've just not been responding. And I just want you to have, to have a little time of reflection. I'm going to pray for you first, and then have a little time of reflection about how you've been tuning in. Because what I'm telling you is everybody can tune in to the extent that they can hear God sufficiently to be stood at the bottom of blocks of flats, saving people's lives and all the rest of it. That's the norm. Okay? Right, so Father, I'm just going to pray. I'm just asking you right now, by your Holy Spirit, to stir up memories, to stir up instances, to stir up particular thoughts, uh, particular events, and just to, to, to show us and point out the clarity with which we heard your voice. Whether it was partial clarity, whether we acted or, or we didn't act, but just so there's, a, there's an increased understanding of when we've been hearing your voice, Lord. So I ask you to do that now. Amen. So if you do that, and then at the end of it, kind of, if you want to just share with the person next to you, pray for each other and you can then follow me to the coffee table because that's where I'm off. Okay, is that, is that clear? Any questions? Good. Go. Cool. Do. <laughs>